right. Welcome to episode 54 of the Rescue Swimmer Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Vince, joined with my co-host, Cody, today. The OG crew. What is going on, It's Cody? the OG crew and the only crew. There's no one else. It is kind of more fun and casual <laughs> to do it. Just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Though our guests have been certainly entertaining. And oh, speaking of guests, uh, we have booked for the next podcast a Navy helicopter rescue swimmer which is really cool because i've i've worked with some uh well i've worked with some I, i've done some free falls with some in uh ahars advanced helicopter rescue swimming school in astoria um and it's kind of cool that they're, they're dressed differently they had the black suits um but we have the swimmers in the coast guard have black suits now too oh damn so, that's so cool that's yeah cool. i bet you yeah. ours i bet you the coast guards are cooler yeah oh yeah <laughs> i mean i think they just buy like surf wetsuits <laughs> yeah so anyway tune so, in yeah. subscribe on uh the the podcast apps and uh and stuff to tune in for the the navy rescue swimmer versus coast guard rescue swimmer it's gonna it's be the duel the long the long anticipated duel i don't think it i don't think there's many conversations online of uh you know those two branches and and we'll be comparing like the differences and uh talking about the the training as far as like the Navy uh, school goes, because this is actually a Navy helicopter rescue swimmer instructor. So he just finished, I think, his his duties of an instructor uh, at their school. So that'll be cool. Yeah, kind of stoked for that. I don't think, um, I mean, I've never actually met one, so it'll be nice to just talk to one. Everyone seems to think that the job's the same if you talk to like someone off the street, but they're not, clearly. Um, so it'll be good to kind of hash out the differences and talk to an ex instructor. Yeah. Um, what else is, what's in the news? Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, it's not the news, but I'm, I'm, I'm really psyched on this. I I bet you you're not, but, um, the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Fight. Are you kidding me, Cody? Are you kidding me? Don't care. Do you even know? Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I know people. Mike Tyson. I don't know Roy Jones. Oh, man. You never had a <laughs> fight night round four on the Xbox. That's your problem. No. Yeah. I, I, I haven't played many video games, but I'll tell you what. I've played one game, and that's fight night round four on Xbox. My my thumbs got bloody from throwing upper hooks as oh. Roy Jones Jr., the the champ. Dude, this guy's like okay. the cockiest No, actually, ever. I know about this guy now. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast like a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Um. So, yeah. They're fighting. They're like older, right? They're both. I mean, how old are they now? Mid fifties. I want to say Mike Tyson's fifty four. Roy Jones Jr. fifty one. Legit. Yeah. No. That's the oldest more than fight legit. ever. Dude, this guy would Roy Jones Jr. would dodge punches by like he you do like the rooster. He put both fists behind his back and by like he would. I mean, he I think he did it in one fight, but like uh, I think it was a championship fight. He puts both mitts behind his back, dodges one like hook dodges another and then just decks the guy with i want to say like three left hooks in a row like two to the body one to the head the guy just drops like a sack of potatoes and when did he do that that was like 1953 well i'm not just like he was just such a a showman on (laughs) in the ring so like i'm really psyched and he was so proficient he would just annihilate people that's cool yeah that's this saturday people we're marketing the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fight that we're not right. participating in. Well, yeah. we're, we're marketing the fight, so we might as well just market our stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. So, Let's yeah. market our stuff. Let's market okay. my stuff first, Cody. 
The oh. Wildertainment Podcast on YouTube and all podcast apps now, even the Apple Podcasts. So if you guys have like the uh, the Sleeping with a Bear episode, Cody and I actually just shot one too. The uh, the Mountain Lion Harassment. No, I won't tell too much, but check it out. I was, the I was thorough. Yeah, I was thoroughly spooked. <laughs> spooked by a mountain lion and uh of course gina panuzzi's helicopter crash so that those are all on the world entertainment podcast and it soon i will no longer have it on the rescue swimmer mindset so uh yeah if you've been a fan of that all outdoor you know expedition type stories uh survival stories and just gritty you know wilderness entertaining stories uh tune into the wildertainment podcast again on youtube all podcast apps but on apple podcast it, it's there but it's kind of a pain in the butt I'm, I'm working the glitches out uh you can you can look up the episodes and then you'll find the podcast but when you look up wildertainment on apple podcast for some reason it's not coming up so you got to look up like sleeping with a bear that's episode one or helicopter crash in mountains uh that's episode two so pause this right now pause silence Okay, I hope you went over there and you signed up. <laughs> cool. Subscribe, right. do the blah, blah, blah stuff. All right, back to well, us. Payment. Also, for us, we need we do, uh, we do do need some some Apple podcast reviews, so please do that on the Rescue Swimmer Mindset podcast. That really helps it grow, and, and the podcast podcast is growing, y'all. It's, it's growing. growing. It's up yeah. to a number don't say, that don't was bigger say. than last week. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say it. It, it was yeah. a number that is bigger than the week before. So it's going bigger every time. It's, like, I'm it's happy getting about huge. It. It's getting huge. Every day it's increasing. It's the biggest podcast known to men. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, what else? Let's talk, let's talk Black Friday. Oh! Did you forget about the Black Friday? Nah, I didn't. We became, we're just part of the whole corporate America now. We're, we're joining and now we're going to sell stuff for cheaper prices for Black Friday. Yeah, we used to be an LLC, but we're going public. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're different now. No, so basically <laughs> what we're doing is Thursday, Thanksgiving, which is today, and tomorrow, our Black Friday day, it, we're going to have 40% off all products. So, well, I guess courses. We don't really have any products. So if you go into the com today or tomorrow, find a course that you want to take, buy the course. It'll already be discounted in the, uh, the checkout. So it'll be 40% off what it currently is. So for instance, our, uh, we'll say Vince's how to hold your breath like a helicopter rescue swimmer course is typically sold for $300. It will be $180 today and tomorrow. So if you want that course, go get it for cheap. Hell yeah. I don't think you sold it enough. Black Friday, 40% Black. off all courses. It's gotta go. It's gotta go now. It's got to go. They're they're gonna sell out. <laughs> yeah, there's no no more online courses after Friday. <laughs> we're out of online minute. courses. But so, here's the deal. I mean, we're, it's the only sale we're gonna do ever. Wow, yeah. I mean, at least until next Black Friday. So, yeah, if so, you want to get the programs cheap, go ahead and go grab them. I don't know what else you got, Vince. I mean, it's gonna be every course. So if you've been if you had home. your little butt on a fence and and deciding whether or not to pull the trigger uh, today and tomorrow is the day to do it. So, um, yeah, that's all our courses. Cody's, uh, 1.5 mile run course, the win the day, win the day. That's definitely a, a big seller as far as, you know, if you want the cookie, not the cookie, I keep saying cookie cutter, but basically <laughs> a, a very defined, like gonna hold your hand through specific workouts, uh, type program then that's definitely the one for you so it's it's got it all as far as uh land pt weightlifting calisthenics 
but especially uh, pool workouts in underwater. So it's all combined in a, you know, uh, uh, I guess it's overall it's four months if you include the beginner and the advanced uh, program. So that's when the day we have, uh, there's a bunch. Just go on uh, rescueswimmermindset.com. So 40% off Black Friday. Enough with the marketing. Cool. Almost. Almost enough with the marketing. Uh, also coming up on RSM, we're, we're going to be releasing a private workshop or a masterclass, if you will. Uh, Cody and I, if, if, you've, if you've just been dying to interact with Cody and I and ask your questions, as well as if you want to attain a course where we're going to, we're, we're still in the research phase of what we want, uh, what our, our viewers want to learn about the most. Uh, as of now, we've had a lot of people wanting a class based around underwaters. So it might be that. It may be around um, swimming. It may be under like ground PT, so physical training. You mean training. like swim, like swim form kind of? Yeah. Oh, swim form indeed. Um, oh. So basically, yeah, before we move on to swim form, which I want to talk about on this podcast, Cody, um, I just want to say, yeah, this this workshop is it's still open as far as, so so please hit us up on, on the Rescue Swimmer Mindset uh, training circle, so RSM uh, training circle on Facebook or IG DM us just as far as what you would like to learn about. And this is going to be a course between one and three hours. We'll have a fairly small group so you guys can ask your questions. There'll be an hour at the end to ask your questions as far as, you know, what what else you want to know about rescue swimmers, but also what you want to, what you might not have gotten through the course. Um, probably a PowerPoint, including some videos, and we'll be talking to through um, specific techniques to succeed in these elite military uh, challenges. So without further ado, Cody, yeah. Yeah, I do want to, I have some, some eggs to beat with you. Is that an expression? <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> We can use uh, that though. It's the Canadian version of whatever the American version is. So I have some. I have some eggs to beat with you about one of your previous podcasts. And what did you label that podcast again? This is the title was "Swim Form Doesn't Matter." Swim form doesn't matter. <laughs> and right off the bat, I was like, "Whoo! All right, all right." I took my shirt off and I was like, "Cause I was steaming," and I oh, started yeah. punching a punching bag that's non-existent. And uh, yeah, and then I listened in and. Uh, we got even more robbed up, Cody. So, okay. so we're gonna talk today about swimming form and how apparently it doesn't matter. Here's the deal: I'm so confident that it doesn't matter. I didn't even prepare, prepare notes. I'm just going off the off the top of my head here. Like, I got a rebuttal for everything you say. Well, that is just what I consider completely poor planning, my friend. I am going to destroy you today. Is a debate between Vince and Cody. It's this. This is just. As entertaining as the Mike Tyson, I, Roy Jones Jr. fight, it's going down right now. And I'm just going with the Trump method for my responses off the top of my head. Just, just ramble. Gonna wing it. <laughs> no, no, false. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Great. Um, no, no, no. I came prepared Sleepy like Joe. a lawyer. All right. Yeah. So, and I quote, we're going to start off with, with Cody Wright's quote from whatever date this podcast released. So I'll be I'll be quoting Cody here. Okay. I think it's a huge waste of time and I think there's a huge diminish in returns Dem to diminishing returns. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know your quote better than <laughs> I'm reading it. 
and there's huge diminishing returns to increase your form past a certain point. Yep. So that's, that's it goes on, it goes major. on. This quote's oh, not okay. finished. So if you could swim an eight minute thirty and thirty second five hundred meter or yard uh, pace, and you're concerned about dropping more time, and you think you could reform, I think you said reform your form slightly. I don't think I said any of those things. I think the words are wrong. You're using the wrong adjectives. But the point is solid. Yeah. So so a bit more or less you were saying, you know, don't focus all your time on on swim form. If you swim faster than eight minutes thirty seconds. Is that more or less accurate? That's hundred percent accurate. I stand by that. Alright, so permission to cross examine the witness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now, um, my counter argument. First of all, do you do you rock climb, Mister Wright? Do I rock climb? Yes. The answer is yes. You do. Okay. Now, Mister Wright, <laughs> let me paint you a hypothetical scenario. Okay. You got two climbers, one of which trains three times a week in a climbing gym. He never boulders, so that like short, hard rock climbs. Uh, he never rope climbs. He's never really actually doing the movements of rock climbing per se, but he trains hard. He does like the campus board, you know, so he's working his fingers going up a a rung ladder. That's really crimpy, if you will. And uh, he trains his finger really hard and he does badass calisthenics. He can do that like front lever movement, right? Cool. All right. Now you have a second climber. Second, and uh, sorry, so so this person trains hard three times a week, and he's been doing so for five years. Okay, second climber, never actually trains, never works on his fitness, but he works out by simply climbing outside, same amount of time, three times a week, over the course of five years. Who do you think would succeed first, Mister Wright? At climbing the grade, so the, the hardness of a climb, of 513C. I'm going to say the outdoor climber. Mm. The outdoor <laughs> climber, Mr. Wright. And why, sure. Mr. Wright, would you say the outdoor climber? Because he has more experience on the road. Ah! Experience, Mr. Wright. And what comes with experience? What do you develop over the course of experience? What do you develop over the course? Yes. A skill, you develop a skill set mm, to climb skills. harder. And what do you mean by like developing a skill set to climb harder? What are, you, what are you learning over the course of five years of climbing outside three times a week? Just techniques. Techniques? Body positioning, weight distribution. Would techniques not be a synonym of movement? It, well, it is. Exactly. Or outform, a synonym. Form, form, the word I was looking for. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Point yeah, yeah. case. Made. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so your point is that if you have better form, you'll climb harder? I guess that's true, although I don't think I equate climbing that hard to like swimming in a pool necessarily. While the goal, like, you know, so I said there's, I didn't necessarily say there's like, Oh, side note. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to uh, one of our podcasts and I noticed I said like constantly. Oh, yeah. So now that I brought this into the, the airwaves, 
if I say like, it's going to annoy all our listeners. So I can't say it anymore. Yeah, I say that too. I got to watch it. I think I do it more. I definitely do it more than you. So we're moving on. All right. So we're talking about swim form. Yeah. And my point was there's diminishing returns. So if you run, if you swim at 830, 500 meter, 500 yard swim, yeah. there's pretty big diminishing returns to trying to work on form to go faster. And I stand by that because the goal of swimmer school isn't to be the fastest swimmer. It's to be the strongest swimmer. What do you mean by so strongest this swimmer? Strongest swimmer by meaning you have like a high endurance, strong legs, you know, strong uh, hip flexors for finning and a high level of water confidence. So if you get to the point where you're swimming at 830, maybe you swim in eight minutes, but we'll stick to the, the podcast. I said 830. If you can swim that fast and you have decent form, could be better. I mean, maybe you can get it down to eight minutes if you had a swim coach teach you how to exactly do the right swim form. You're better off spending your time practicing water confidence and maintaining that 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 speed at the 500 you have. Like you'd be you'd be using your time more effectively by just doing a ton of water confidence drills rather than trying to shave off 30 seconds on a 500 meter. Okay. Well, let me say this. Cause I, 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 I don't even give an inch. It's a football game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you say a sh- you need to be a strong swimmer, but in, in the athletic world, when you say that in general, we always say, you know, Oh, this person's such a strong X. So he's such a, a strong runner or a strong rock climber. But what do you associate with being strong? It's not always the physical strength, right? It's often, yeah, yeah. It's often it, the the technique that makes him so successful at it. You know, depending on the sport, it, that is a hard example because it depends. You know, so if you're run, a runner, say you have like, say you have sprinters and you have marathon runners and you have ultra runners who run like thirty mile plus races. So the sprinter, I mean, each athlete's going to be kind of built differently for each sport, but. Uh, like a strong ultra runner is going to be different, different type of runner and have different skill set than a sprinter, you know? Well, yeah, but now we're talking different disciplines within like a, yeah. Yeah, a yeah, sport. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a terrible counter argument, sir. All right. All right. <laughs> I concede. I concede to the, the, the form. <laughs> no, what else you it, got? Um, I have so much, dude. I, I didn't want to just win. I wanted to annihilate you. Oh. Uh, no. Um, no, but I'd say swimming would you not agree is probably one of the most form intensive sports, right? I mean, not nah, 100%. Not sure. No, all, all, I, but, but let's be real. Like all sports come down to form and technique. Um, but swimming is renowned as one of those, right? Well, it, because it's so focused on techniques because water is so dense that it has an insane amount of resistance, you know? So if you have some slight drag on you, it's going to be amplified freaking however many times more a hundred times more than if you're just running you know so that yeah. long hair you know that weird thing you do with your thumb or whatever i don't know in your form it could slow you down a ton over, over the long term over 500 yards or meters or whatever yeah for sure so you're right um also also like one of my points here is saying techniques isn't important is like saying it's 80 percent mental and 20 percent physical that's only a luxury that comes when in this scenario you actually have form so you know and i've talked about that in the past like a lot of folks say it's 80 percent mental and 20 percent physical and my counter argument to that is yeah that may be true but that's a luxury 
that people that are actually in shape and that have put in the time to become physically in shape, they have the luxury of saying that. Yeah, it's 80% mental, 20% physical for them. Um, you could still say that it's 80-20, but you just have to have the 20 first. 20 is like the, the foundation. Well, you're, you're tw- I feel like your 20 has to become 80, and then at that point, no, you no, can say it. <laughs> 20%, you got to lay out, you got to lay the bricks, freaking get your fitness up. The rest of it's freaking all mental, 80%, 80-20. It's I the Pareto principle, so. The we're what? Gonna, we're going to knock, it's just, it's math. Oh, that's a word. It's the golden say ratio. The word math? It's math, it's science, it's the, it's the golden ratio, it's 80-20. Okay. Anyway, all I'm saying is I think um, even that 20% physical, if you will, becomes even less uh, if you have proper technique and form. So, um, yeah. Another quote from Cody's previous podcast. I didn't have any form training before going. And by this, he meant before going to rescue swimmer school. Oh, all right. So, Mr. 6'4". Just already has that wingspan, like already has way more pull and stroke than the average, what, like 5'10 candidate. All of a sudden, you just say that I didn't have any form training before going, and I did just fine. So everyone else is just fine? I object, sir. Fine. <laughs> that's like that saying, be hard. yeah, that's like saying Shaq, like that's as if Shaq would say, you know, I, oh, I could beat up Danny DeVito. Even if Danny DeVito worked out for six years, All right, it's not the same. It's not that's not that's, the best analogy, yeah. but it's like it's a pretty good one. <laughs> that's not bad. So you're just saying that I'm using some sort of natural ability as an excuse to not have a form. Have no, I'm just saying. Form? I am saying you do have a little bit of a, an advantage as far as you know being a longer swimmer without proper form training in the past. Definitely gives you a slight advantage over uh, somebody that doesn't have the reach and the pull as you in in the that's, water that's fair um, yeah that's it i wouldn't say it's a, it's a huge difference but over the course of an actual say say you were training no i i'd say it does make a difference you know um and especially if you're training as a swimmer to to compete as a swimmer i think the the length definitely can uh can aid you know michael phelps is tall how tall is he i don't know i feel like he's really tall i feel like he's like six five yeah yeah and he's got, okay it's not just that he's got the is was it ape in ape index or ape ape index ape index. Yeah. yeah his ape ape index is plus whatever i think at least like four or five or something so uh is yeah he like he's, he's yeah he's deformed in the in a in a way that's proficient to swimming because he actually i think his legs for his tallness are actually kind of short and you don't really need long legs you just need legs to kick um but yeah, his arms heavy are legs long. you'll yeah, those heavy legs will weigh you down because you got those giant exactly. hamstrings and stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and he's got, but a long torso, which you know fills up with oxygen and just makes you float better. Um, once your lungs are inflated, so yeah, he's got it kind of going on. Plus, he's got like ears that I feel like are kind of like gills since they stick out like that. So I think he's just hiding oxygen back there or something like that. Like that movie we reviewed in the past, Kevin Kuasna. Yeah. It could uh, be. But anyway, so you said, uh, yeah, I didn't have any form training before going to rescue swimmer school. Um, I still yeah, say like, that's that's fine. I still say that's not a big deal because I don't know a ton of rescue swimmers who got formal form training yeah, before and, going to swimmer school. 
and that's where I was going to throw you a bone. Uh, yeah, because I, I have graduated with a couple swimmers like in my class that were, you know, not not to talk crap about them, but like, uh, yeah, like I, I noticed their form wasn't always like the best, like slapping the the water, especially with their arms, just kind of like the way they slap the water. Um, very splashy, right? I don't know if you've ever noticed anybody swimming like that, you know, they they kind of really extend their arms straight out and it just splashes back on the water. And uh, like that, that's one of many techniques or, you know, form uh, gigs I would, I've, I would say I've noticed. Um, so it's, it's certainly not impossible to succeed as a helicopter rescue swimmer or an elite military athlete. Um, you know, you don't need perfect form, but I think it's tremendously beneficial makes things easier right yeah yeah and yeah i another reason i wouldn't stress form as much and you know i I get that like you don't slap the like slap the water that's kind of silly um a lot of the swimming you do in swimmer school is gonna be with fins and that's gonna make up the bulk of your propulsion when you're swimming in in the pool you know when you're swimming with fins that's like the bulk of your proportion it's almost like your arms are just kind of like there for a little bit of help and a little bit of aid but they're not doing a ton of work True. Well, well I mean, some work, but you, yeah. you are still pulling pretty hard, but yeah, um, I would say the form isn't as important. Yeah. But, uh, counter argument to, to myself throwing you a bone, uh, I would say, you know, do you really want to be the rescue swimmer that shows up on SAR on a search and rescue case that, you know, t- <laughs> you, you'll get the job done, of course, cause you wouldn't have graduated otherwise, but you're kind of sloppy, you know? true like i've seen it kind of like a donkey yeah um and that doesn't mean you can't do the job well but i'm just saying like you know that it's it's sometimes noticeable um so i I think you know you always want to look like the professional and the 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 well-trained person and and that comes with with form as well um of course there's a lot more that goes into the career of a rescue swimmer than just swimming abilities and physical abilities but when you are doing that high pressure high risk uh, high adrenaline job of swimming well you want to look pretty badass when you do it right so um i would say that's that's why it's important to that's one of the many reasons it's important to have good swimming form so uh, that said why don't we get into uh what most important uh things like what, what specific forms you would say are most important to a uh, risk swimmer so as in the, yeah good no you're good just explain just more in depth well i was gonna say like one thing that you started talking about in that previous podcast is the egg beater right and i agree with you i think the egg beater is definitely one of those things that comes down to strictly well not strictly but mostly technique yeah egg beater is like one of the rare i would 100 percent agree with you with egg beater you have to know the technique perfectly or you'll just like basically sink. I still don't even use the egg beater. It's so hard for me. I don't yeah. know if you use it, but I use some sort of modified frog kick that seems to work for me for stuff that way, like substituting for the egg beater. But yeah, yeah that's 100% form. Yeah. And, you know, talking to people that are currently in that, uh, you know, going through rescue swimmer school and things like that, it seems like, yeah, they're really harping on stuff like treading and, like the the was it the 
the brick on back is that what they call it brick on back yeah brick on back so yeah that comes down to probably the the best thing if you can learn the technique and uh, the stroke of the egg beater that's that's what's going to get you across that pool um and then one thing you talked about too is the butterfly kicks right so butterfly kicks underwater did you notice anybody in your class doing that instead of just doing a flutter kick so for all okay. those that don't swim too much, yeah, butterfly kick is where you're moving both fins at the same time versus moving. Wait, two you mean fins like a separately. dolphin kick? Dolphin kick, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So I said, what did I say about dolphin kicks? I don't remember this. Uh, you were saying like, you know, you never personally used uh, the dolphin kick. You just kind of used the uh, the flutter kicks. Yeah. So what basically? Well, I don't know about dolphin kick, but I know a lot of people. Did I say dolphin kick in the in the? article or the for some reason i wrote butterfly kicks oh but yeah. i think yeah well I, it's more of a frog kick thing or butterfly kick where people use like some sort of frog kick in a pole instead of doing flutter kick in a pole and technically the most efficient way to get across the pool without using like using the least amount of oxygen is doing some sort of breast not breast kick but frog kick or or butterfly kick with a pole but when i was in swimmer school i only did flutter kick with a pole wait are you saying without fins Without fins. You would swim underwater without fins and you would do the, the alternating kicks 100%. just the same way, more or less. I mean, like smaller kicks, but the same way you would with fins. 100%. Oh my God. Not even a big deal. Oh. And I can do 50 meters, no problem. You are sick in the head. This is <laughs> this is why this, uh, this workshop is going to be so beneficial. Is for Here's folks. the deal though. It's for the next generation of Cody's out there that are going to go underwater and somehow make it through rescue swimmer school by doing alternating kicks without fins. This is what I'm saying. If you're going to make it, you're going to make it. That's, if, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to be the determining factor in your ability to pass the school. It might help, but if you got it, you got it. I just, I'm really impressed that you were doing sprint down. So you're sprinting down the length of the pool of a 25 yard pool. And then you're going straight underwater and swimming the entire way back by doing that high exertion kick. But here's the, the deal. Way. I'm not like kicking that hard. I'm like bare. I'm kicking a nice moderate pace and then I'm doing a pull. And during the pull, I'm not kicking at all. Oh, yeah. I, I see what you're doing. Yeah. This I think this is why uh, our course should be based around underwaters and like the, the techniques to, well, A, to train. So we'll, we'll give some. Um, drills but also yeah techniques and form because i think oh, yeah i agree with I, you like i think that that what you just described is how you pass with 80 percent mental and 20 percent physical but i think this could truly help people <laughs> just make the mental and the physical so much easier by having good technique you know yeah i can agree that if i you know had a more efficient underwater stroke that school would have been easier, you know? So yeah. that's true. I mean, obviously that's true. But the whole that's... point of the article wasn't to say, oh, you don't have to have form or you can just jump in the pool and figure it out. It was more about saying, if you have these baseline skill sets, then, and you're worried about, you know, dropping a, a little bit of time off, whatever certain uh, 500 meter swim or, you know, underwater laps, say you could be a little more efficient. Mm-hmm. My point was you're better off working on things you really suck at and not worrying about little minor technique issues because they're probably not going to be the determining factor. 
Although I agree. there are some, there are some where the butterfly, not the butterfly, but the, uh, the egg beater, that would be one where you actually would want to nail that technique down. So yeah. of course it's conditional. For sure. And I, I would agree with you as far as you gave that timeline of if you can do a 500 yard swim in eight minutes and 30 seconds or less, then you're probably okay to focus on something else. And I would agree with that because eight minutes, 30 seconds is actually a good time. I, I don't even really recall what my times were. What What's like, uh, what were really good times as far as uh, really, I mean, go? really good would be like in the sixes. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. you know, I think my faster time is like when I was like, my faster times were definitely the sevens, high sevens, which is not that fast. Yeah. For if you're a high school swimmer, you know, they swim like in the freaking low sixes and the fives, I believe. Um, but for the sake of summer school, everyone was roughly, you know, like high sixes to high eights, maybe in the nines. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't actually recall my time. I remember being the second uh, fastest as far as no gear swims went because uh, one of the candidates was a high school swimmer his whole life. He was really good. So, um, yeah. yeah, but that's funny because all I was I was bringing up if you'd notice people swimming underwaters with fins and doing that dolphin kick. So you know, two fins going at the same time versus alternating. But you answered <laughs> about no fins. But that said, the question remains, did you ever notice any other rescue swimmers that would do a dolphin kick instead of a flutter no. kick? Are you like no. with fins on? Yeah. No. I feel yeah. like that's something you would do. That was the only one I would do that. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's one of those things. Again, I, I think it preserved the most energy, thus the most oxygen. Um, and if you I always guys... just thought freaking underwater laps with fins on were so casual that it didn't matter. Wow. All right. I see you. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like they mattered on the sprint down underwater backs though. No, you're they? right. It does. Yeah. 100%. Um, but I agree if it's just an underwater, it didn't matter. I, I would actually yeah. alternate it myself sometimes just to keep my brain kind of, you know, not so robotic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would do that. And if you guys check out that, you know, how to hold your breath, like a helicopter rescue swimmer course, yeah, you see me in it swimming like the only donkey that's doing a dolphin <laughs> kick next to everyone that's doing a like the the flutter <laughs> kick. So. Um, what else did you cover as far as form goes? Let's see. Form. Um, well, one thing I wanted to talk about, and again, so connect with us about this workshop, this private workshop we'll, we'll do. It's, it's going to be an online class, and it'll be great. You guys can ask your questions, and it'll be interactive. Um so I won't go too much into the techniques today, but one thing I did want to talk about is the difference in swimming techniques in the pool versus in the ocean. Um, okay. Yeah. And well, I would say the, f how, about, how about this, Cody, like what are your perspectives as to what changes in swimming form in those two different environments? Um, are you saying like in a perfect in perfect conditions in the ocean like flat calm seas or are you saying in the ocean no, with we'll say surfs? rocky seas you know like not like big breaking surf but you know like choppy yeah choppy just, seas out there versus a calm pool i mean one of the big differences is just the way you're gonna position your your head you're gonna have to have it more yeah. um more kind of facing out so you can see where you're going and see breaking waves if there's choppy waves or something make sure you're going the right way you're going to be a little more buoyant, so that's nice. So your hips are going to be higher up, you know, so it might feel a little smoother. Um, 
that's about all I can think of, really. You're well, that, that, that's a great that's a great point you talked about as far as the the head out of the water, um, because one of the techniques I'll, I'll give on this podcast is if you're swimming in a pool, you know your head you always want it as in line with your body as possible, so you're always your gaze is down at that at that line if there is a line, um, and your head when you are coming up for oxygen. So typically, you know. You usually do every two strokes, so you know every right side more or less, unless you want to alternate every three. Um, that's what I would recommend. So every every three strokes you take a breath, or every two strokes you take a breath. Um, this is while swimming in a pool. Now, when you are do- taking that breath, what they often teach you is you're really barely getting your mouth out of the water. So I think one of the issues that often you'll see in in, in people that don't focus too much on form is they'll really, you know, throw their head out of the water to grab that other breath. And that just throws your whole body out of line with, with the fluidity of moving forward while swimming. So what you want to do is you barely turn your neck. It's all in the neck and only half of your mouth sticks out of the water. And that's all you need. Like you might think you're sometimes you'll have, you'll get a little water in your mouth, but you'll, you'll understand your body and how to not actually choke on that water. Usually you won't breathe it in. Um, that's all you need to take your breath. It's a quick breath. It's very fast. And you only do it like near the end of that, um, one arm stroke. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in the course a little more probably as far as w- the timing of it goes. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of many things. But the difference between pool swimming and ocean swimming, as far as your, just your head movement goes, when you're ocean swimming, I would recommend, yeah, uh, do about at just at least three, three strokes before a breath. And the difference with that, as Cody was saying, is yeah, you want to look where you're going because it's different. There's not there's not pool lane down there. You you get out of line because your body's you know, usually one side stronger than the next and more you swim, the more you'll go straight, but it takes time. Um, so every three strokes you peek your head up and yeah, that's, that's very different. You wait until that last like pull with your arm and you just basically whip your head up and then drive it back down. And you can, the way you drive it back down, you can kind of create a fluidity and it's a, it's a dolphin kind of, you know, like a, a an inch worm type of movement as you dig that head back into the water or into into or under next wave um so that's just one of many things as far as like the technique goes into pool swimming and ocean swimming uh, but when you combine everything the head the 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 torso the shoulders the arms the hands um the feet the the, the leg positioning the especially your hips you know all that together makes everything so much easier once you have it down. So that's that's probably what we'd be talking about. That's gonna be cool, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about that when maybe hopefully next week's podcast we'll have a little more info on that course. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, like just talking about this, that reminded me. Like, did you have anybody in your airman program fail out as far as yeah. training? Yeah. Well. Are you saying people that failed out in the airman program? Yeah. So Cody and I went through an airman program and that's before rescue swimmer school. Um, and that was pretty grueling as far as the training goes, just to have the right to go to rescue swimmer school. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm asking. 
Yeah, we had one one guy fail out out of three. And what do you think was what would you say was his failing point? He he just had really bad water confidence. So anytime you had him do any water con drill, he would just end up popping. So say if, <laughs> if he was do, we were doing like a buddy break or I mean not a buddy break like a lap trace or something easy, he'd do. 20 meters and then be done, like pop and like have to take 40 breaths before he went back underwater mm. kind of he just had poor water confidence and i mean he wasn't a great swimmer but usually you know if you feel i think it stems down to just water confidence it just boils down to that true yeah did you have any? um yeah i had a i had two that didn't make it through and one i was actually in charge because i was like the lead airman i was in charge of training him and yeah, I would say the biggest thing that did him in was not having that baseline of of swimming and of course swimming at the surface or underwater. Um, just didn't have that technique down. So you know, I, it wasn't I, the, the one natural. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I would say like, yeah, the biggest thing that he would do which i was always trying to correct him on was his hips being too far up you know you know that like the butt up but you know having your butt up means your legs are going down and you're basically sinking and then like that's when the drag starts to happen and you start panicking and then everything goes to crap um so having those those hips down yeah that's just one example of of me really trying to work the technique into him but him already having come to the so late to the game you know he was already like within the airman program without a baseline of swimming technique it was hard it was, and it was sad to let him go because he's like a, a good friend but um but yeah like couldn't make it because he just didn't have that that baseline of how to swim you know that's fair yeah yeah um yeah that's uh so okay, I, I made my debate? points Fine. i, I want to say yeah so hillary clinton won this debate <laughs> <laughs> won the 2016 elections <laughs> yep yeah anyway Fine. yeah um let's uh why don't we answer a couple rescue summer questions i have i have a couple oh here. you have some i was gonna say i, I have, have any so i have okay. one um oh you should look up on instagram while i do this okay. like just just for yeah. others to that i think that first question you asked out there uh like yesterday if that's still up a lot of people answered so um, yeah, one of the questions, how many yards do you swim on average in swimmer school? Oh, see, I, I saw that question. I didn't answer it because I was like, I know I, that's a tough I, one. I couldn't come up with an answer. That was actually true. Or that was probably plus or minus, but then it just varies so much from day to day. And I can't even, I couldn't even give a good guess right now. I would say. Oh, yeah, how about this? Maybe, how about, we'll play a say, game. We'll play a game where we will think about it let's give it like five ten seconds here and yeah. we'll say at the same time what we think it is okay. average like average the days of that you're yeah. in the pool how about that like it's like some days in rescue summer school you're not in the pool yeah so we'll say average yeah yeah average days that you are in the pool how many yards do you swim okay okay we'll do it we'll go three two one and then say it all right ready okay wait come on <laughs> okay i got it i got it yeah right. i got it okay three two, two one one twenty five hundred yards oh i said, said twenty five hundred yeah okay could know. be either twenty five hundred seems kind of short but it could average out to that you know i guess if you're doing 
quick sprint workouts, I guess. Um, yeah. I yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking because, like, you know, you often do a five hundred as a something, but you don't yeah. always. That's like more of a PT test, and then you'll train sometimes after that. But, um, so yeah, usually you'll do what like a two hundred warm up. Is it or three hundred? We would oftentimes we would do half and halves for our warm ups. You know, we would do two hundred to three hundred half and half. At the end, yeah. we were doing five hundred half and halves. So yeah, but then you're doing a lot of buddy tone, and I think a lot of swimming adds up because sometimes right. they would just they would just have a swim. You know. If they're doing some exercise like practice or something, a lot of times you know like a practice for a test, they just have you swim around in circles. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if they have to set that. something up, right? They're yeah. like they're doing fishy stuff in the background. They're like, hey, <laughs> just swim, and you're like, oh, okay. But they just—it's funny because like the A school is just a is a box like a twenty-five by twenty-five meter pool, or it's a fifty by twenty-five meter like Olympic size, but they cut in half. So you're just swimming around half the pool in a circle for sometimes like half an hour. <laughs> did you ever in do did you ever do this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever done in rescue swimmer school that drill wise the i'm gonna call it the wiggly worm <laughs> no does this ring a bell if i say did you ever do the wiggly worm in rescue swimmer school did you no <laughs> okay the wiggly worm is where i don't i don't know i think i think they were messing with us or something there's no way this is in a book or something <laughs> they had us all and I, I, it was very complicated, and I remember it being adamantly complicated. But <laughs> we would all connect. I believe we might or might not have had fins. I, I'd say we had fins. We would all connect. So the one guy would grab the guy in the back's fins, and then behind him, the guy would grab the fins of that guy, and so on and so forth, until we were a chain of swimmers. And basically all you would do is swim in a circle all the rescue swimmers connected and you would swim by doing like a you know the dolphin stroke but you you know there's a dude hanging off of your fins so you're all connected and you're doing like what i call the wiggly worm um around the pool and then the the guy in the front when they say switch the guy in the front has to swim i think all the way around the pool and connect to the back of the worm and then so yeah. on and so forth. That is something we never did. But I actually like that drill. It sounds like a, a blast. Um, it sounds like the like the running version. I forget what it's called. But there's that running, running game. Yeah. Basically, running in a line, you know, and then the back guy sprints to the front. Once he gets there, the back guy sprints to the front. It's kind of like that. That's a fun one. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. And I remember we did that in A school, too, actually. I forgot about that until now. But that's, that's a just drill. a pool version of that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, all right. Anything else to talk about on today's podcast? I kind of want, well, I, I had in my notes here, I had wanted to talk about finning and yeah. working, but I actually don't want to talk about that because I think it's going to be too long. Um, okay. I'd like to just save it for another episode. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I think it's going to, it could take up a whole episode. So we might just hold off on that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could have a yarn about finning for sure. So yeah, um, we'll save that. Cool uh okay yeah so black friday 40 percent off all courses uh wildertainment podcast please help me out by subscribing to that and getting some gnarly wilderness stories and uh leave us a rate and review on the uh apple podcast yeah we have what do we have like 66 reviews so yeah that's not bad but we need to get i mean at least in the triple digits come on guys and guys and girls like 
Yeah, because we know how many are listening, and it's a lot more than 66. 66. (laughs) It's a lot more than 66. So you guys can help us out. Um, It's so simple. Helps helps it expand. Same for uh, the Wildertainment. If you can find it, just look up the the podcast episodes like Helicopter Crash in Mountains or Sleeping with a Bear. That should come up on the Apple Podcasts. So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, please look out for the RSM workshop slash masterclass. It'll be about two to three hours, and you can ask us questions, but it'll be a detailed course run by Cody and I, and uh, we'll we'll likely do it on underwater techniques. That said, we're still open. We're, we're in the information gathering phase, and we want to know what you guys want the most and what would be most beneficial to your learning. So uh, hit us up, DM, or uh, on the RSM training circle on Facebook. Right on. Yeah, Black Friday sale. Today, tomorrow, go get a course that you want to buy. 40%. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something. Yeah. So go check out a course, grab a course you want to get. Win the day is a good one I recommend. Also, Vince is how to hold your breath like a helicopter rescue summer course. Pretty cheap. That's going to be your biggest savings. Your biggest net savings is if you buy that course. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Black Friday. Yeah. That's going yep. to be, yeah, today through tomorrow night, midnight. Get and more done. importantly, the Mike Tyson versus Roy oh, Jones Jr. fight. The fight, too. Yeah. For $50. Use use <laughs> promo code RSM. <laughs> no, we do not have that. The $50 <laughs> you save from buying this course can be put towards pay-per-view to get the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Invest in your future. <laughs> you make the decision. 100%. Great. Yeah, right. Um, oh, last thing. Um, one of my coaching students is actually getting ready to head off to boot camp. So I'm going to have an opening starting. He's heading up to boot camp in a couple of weeks here. So if you want some coaching, if you want me to coach you, basically, it's a weekly workout plan where we talk on Sunday. I write the workout plan. You do the workouts. Then we talk again on Sunday, reevaluate, and we continue that process for as long as you need. If you're interested in that, send me a DM and we'll figure it out. Great. And uh, actually, that reminds me of one of the things up and coming in the Rescue Swimmer Mindset podcast is we're going to have a Marine drill sergeant uh, on the the podcast. So that would be cool. He's actually a, an officer that led the, you know, multiple drill sergeants. So it would be great to have that kind of perspective. Anybody wanting to go Marine or just wanting to know, you know, kind of that boot camp mentality. There's no boot camp like Marine boot camp, allegedly. Yeah. The Coast so, Guard actually mimicked its boot camp off of Marine boot camp. So great. Good to know. Yeah. So that that should come up in uh, the upcoming weeks if we can schedule that. So yeah, and next podcast, the Navy Rescue Swimmer. So subscribe, do that, blah blah blah. Great. All right, that's all, all right. we got. Right? Are we done? That's it. I'm done. Cool. I'm done with We're you. Done. We're done. Peace. Bye. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a,